Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 332. It is Monday, March 29th, 2021. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and hello, we recently ransomwared a business you're a client of. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. Good morning. It is everybody's favorite day of the week. It is Monday. We have almost hit the end of March. Spring is just around the corner. Well, technically already spring. The spring weather is just around the corner, although you couldn't tell from this week if you're in the Northeast. Wherever you listen to this, if you could like, share, comment, or review, that would be spectacular. And if you do that, we'll continue recording well into the summer. And if you're in a HIPAA compliant business, you can go to Facebook and or LinkedIn, type get HIPAA compliance into the search and join the group. Let's jump into it. There's a, a few updates. OpenSSL releases a security update. OpenSSL has released a security update to address vulnerabilities affecting versions 1.1.1. Dash one point or through one point one point one J. So one point one point one through one point one point one J. That can be used to cause a denial of service condition. So you should update if you use open open SSL, you should update that immediately. Apple, even bigger, Apple has released a security update to address vulnerabilities in multiple products that an attacker could exploit. Um, from what I've read, it is a vulnerability that could cause you to be fished um so and it is considered a zero day meaning it's already being exploited you should update to watch os 7.3.3 ios 12.5.2 uh that doesn't make sense um or ios 14.4.2 and ipad os 14.4.2 uh, I'm not sure why 12.5.2 is there, unless there's a phone that, unless there's an older iPhone that can't be updated to 14. I'm not sure, but I so you should be on iOS 14.4.2 and iPad OS 14.4.2, and if you have the the watch, it watch OS 7.3.3. Ex- executive order would strengthen cybersecurity requirements for federal agencies. So I thought this was good news, and I thought it was important to share because usually what goes to the federal agencies will eventually trickle down to um, private businesses. The post-SolarWinds executive order could be issued as soon as next week. According to a report, U.S. federal government is mulling changes to up its cybersecurity software game in the wake of the sprawling SolarWinds cyber attacks that came to light in December, including requiring data breach notifications, which should already be in place. This is on Threat Post, by the way. And in a draft executive order from President Joe Biden, software companies would be required to disclose any severity or security issues to government users, according to a report from Reuters. The federal government needs to be able to investigate and remediate threats to the services it provides the American people early and quickly, a spokeswoman for the National Security Council told the outlet. Referring to the SolarWinds incident, she noted that simply put, you can't fix what you don't know about. So obviously the SolarWinds is the target here, but or SolarWinds is the the example, I guess, being made the example. 
but ultimately it would be any software vendor, you know, Microsoft, Apple, whoever provides services to the federal government in the U.S. Hacker News says, watch out, that Android system update may contain a powerful spyware. So there are fake Android updates being pushed out um, that contain spyware. And they can collect information, including browser searches to recording audio and phone calls. And they are taking this data and exfiltrating it. So be careful of the software updates that you are allowing to occur on your Android device. And um, you, know, you should only be getting them from Google itself or from your phone vendor, whoever that might be. So if you're using Samsung, then it should come from Samsung. Bleep the computer, an update on CompuCom, MSP. They they say they expect to pay over $20 million in losses after ransomware attacks. So that should give you some idea of the level of, you know, not paying ransom. Take that out of the equation. The remediation, the, you know, the cost that they're expecting the the employee hours, everything they're expecting to have to pay as a result of the ransomware attack, that's going to equal at least $20 million, over $20 million is what they're saying. So they have over 8,000 employees, and some of their clients include Citibank, Home Depot, Wells Fargo, Target Trust Bank, and Lowe's. But uh, what they don't tell you is that the reputation hit they're going to take will probably also cost them some money. And I don't know, it says that their insurance will cover some between 5 and $8 million. Oh, I'm sorry, loss of revenue will be between 5 and $8 million. Um, and then an additional $20 million, so it's really more than that, it's almost $30 million that will, will cost them. But some of that is expected to be covered by their cyber insurance plan, and as we'll... As we continue to see cyber insurance rates continue to increase, um, you know, ransomware is not just about paying a ransom. It's, it's a lot of other costs involved. Microsoft's Black Kingdom ransomware group hacked 1.5 thousand, so 1,500 exchange servers. Um, and that was because of the exchange proxy logon vulnerability so they're saying black kingdom was able to compromise 1500 exchange service so that's just that's just um black kingdom that's not everybody that's not all the other groups that were also attacking there were other groups that were trying to attack the exchange vulnerabilities so it's probably going to be more than that and they say ransom demands are up to ten thousand dollars so now ten thousand when i tell you that you know compucom is going to spend 20 million and $10,000 seems like a drop in the bucket. However, if you're a small business that's you know, making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, maybe $10,000 is, is a lot of money for a small business owner. So this is why you have to have a patching plan in place. And yes, I know this March was a bad example of patching because of the, the printing issues that we've faced, but we were able to fix those and that's better than the alternative. So have a patching plan in place, and when a patch is released, make sure you get it installed as quickly as possible. I know testing needs to be take, needs to occur in some instance, instances, and yes, you should probably test the Microsoft Exchange server before you push it out. Uh, maybe you should have a test server, but 
or or have redundant servers, which is probably in most cases the case for Exchange. I would hope, um, but don't wait and don't sit on it because you're you're risking your business. To be honest, Bleepy Computer says SolarWinds patches critical code execution bug in Orion platform. So now, I got to be honest. I've been doing this podcast for close to two years now. Um. A year, about a year and a half, and I have never seen anything about a SolarWinds SolarWinds Orion update before. So it's interesting to me that now this is news. So there's a dark patches for critical code execution bug in Orion, um, and they don't. Some of them don't even have CVIDs yet. One of them is considered critical. So if you are using SolarWinds Orion. You should patch because, as we've seen in the last, I guess, two and a half years now, or one and a half years, your your solar winds is a way in. Bleep a computer ransomware gang urges victims, customers to demand a ransom payment. So imagine this: you get a phone call or an email from a ransomware gang that says, "Hey, your this business that you." that you uh, use for whatever whatever it is. You know, let's say you go to the dentist and they say, well, the dentist was hit with a ransomware. We hit them with a ransomware attack and they're not paying the ransom. And if they don't pay the ransom, we're going to release your data to the internet. That's what this group is doing, the CLOP. Ransomware operation known as CLOP is applying maximum pressure on victims by emailing their customers and asking them to demand a ransom payment to protect their privacy. A common tactic used by ransomware operations is to steal unencrypted data from encrypting before encrypting a victim's network. This data is then used in a double extortion tactic where they threaten to release the data if the ransom is not paid. When data is published, it can be damaging to the victim and their customers as the stolen data could contain personal information, credit cards, social security numbers, and even government-issued identification. After the Klopp gang stole data from Jetmaker Bombardier in an Acelion hack, so the Acelion hack was the file transfer application, the legacy file transfer application. i got to remember to say legacy. Um, that was compromised, and a bunch of businesses, mostly commercial businesses, are, or mostly, I'm sorry, enterprise-type businesses have been exposed due to this. They leaked a small amount of their ransomware data leak site. A week later, the threat actors began emailing journalists to let them know that further data would be released as Bombardier had already disclosed the data breach, this tactic did not work as hoped by the threat actors, which is important. So that's important a part of, um, of any incident response plan, having a way to communicate the breach to your clients, because as you can see that, that, um, kind of eliminates that, threat from from the ransomware gang however Klopp has now taken it a step further and directly emailed victims customers found in files or database dumps stolen during the ransomware attack the tactic first started with flagstar bank customers and then with people exposed in the university of colorado's acelion hack so you can see there's a wide range of customers or a wide range of businesses that have been compromised due to acelion in an email seen by Bleepy Computer Club is now using the same tactic to the customers of an online maternity clothing store, which will not be we will not be naming. So they're not naming the online maternity clothing store. In these emails, Klopp is sending customers threatening emails with subject, your personal data has been stolen and will be published. These emails say that the recipient is being contacted as they are a customer of the store and their personal data, including 
phone numbers, email addresses, and credit card information will soon be published if the store does not pay a ransom. Perhaps you you bought something there and you left your personal data, such as a phone, email address, credit card information, and social security number, the Klopp gang states in the email. Klopp then tells the customer to call or write to the store and ask to protect your privacy. In other words, the Klopp gang is hoping that if enough customers contact the store about their stolen data, the store will pay the ransom to prevent the data from being published. So... There you have it. You know, they're looking for new ways to get paid is what it comes down to. And they're going to continue to do this. And I think two things need to happen. One, we need to figure out how to take the financial gain out of ransomware. I don't know what that looks like, but that's what we need to do. And the other the other aspect is you have to understand that the more you mitigate the risk, the more you do to prevent being hit with a ransomware attack, the less likely you are to be a, a victim. Now, there is no 100% way to prevent that. But if you're not using, let's say you're not using multi-factor authentication as an example, set that up. That's a mitigation step. Now use complex passwords. That's a mitigation. Now make sure you educate your people on phishing emails. That's mitigation. Now make sure you have something looking for anomalies on your network. That's mitigation. You have somebody monitoring your logs, log files to make sure there isn't new accounts created or account account access changed or something like that. Make sure you're, you're auditing accounts to make sure that they are removed when somebody leaves the company. These are all things that can be done to mitigate the risk, making sure that people understand it could be a, a physical breach. So somebody could walk into your business, plug a flash drive in, and, and that launches malware onto the network. So these are all things that that need to be done to mitigate the risk. And if you do that, then you, you're a less attractive victim to the ransomware gangs. All right, we have some HIPAA news. Cancer Treatment Centers of America is alerting 104,808 patients of its Midwestern Regional Medical Center that some of their protected health information was contained in an email account that was accessed by an unauthorized individual. Suspicious activity was ended up identified in a CTCA, which is Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Account holder's account on January 18th. The account was immediately secured to prevent further unauthorized access, and a third-party forensics firm was engaged to assist with the investigation and determine the nature and scope of the breach. The investigation revealed the email account was accessed on January 12, 2021, and access remained possible until January 18th when a password reset was performed. It was not possible to confirm which emails, if any, were accessed, nor was it possible to rule out data theft. Review the compromised account revealed it contained patient names, health insurance information, medical record numbers, CTCA account numbers, and limited medical information, no financial information or social security numbers were compromised. And this is my favorite thing. CTCA has implemented additional security measures to prevent further breaches and additional security enhancements are being evaluated. Notifications were sent to affected individuals on March 18, 2021. So exactly 60 days there. So I guess you can't fault them for that. The Acton, Massachusetts-based medical device company Insulate Corporation is alerting 9,050 patients about a data breach at an online customer training vendor, Cornerstone On Demand. Insulate was a notif- was notified around January 19th that in uh, 2020, it says that an unauthorized individual, I don't know if that's correct, but it says 2020, that an unauthorized individual had gained access to Cornerstone Systems on January 13th, 2021. So there, that, that answers that question. So no, it's January 19th, 2021. This year, 
so roughly 60 days ago, and potentially downloaded data that included the protected health information or insulate patients, of insulate patients, sorry. Data stored on the compromised system included names, email addresses, insulate, customer, training records, and online course information when Cornerstone identified the breach. Its systems were immediately secured to prevent further unauthorized access. Additional security measures have been implemented to prevent further attacks. Insulate said it has begun transitioning to a new online training vendor and will order Cornerstone to delete all its data once the transition has been completed. Now, it'll be interesting because you can bet that the OCR is going to check to see that there was a business, business associate agreement in place there. And finally... Salus Care, a provider of behavioral health care services in Southwest Florida, experienced a cyber attack in March that saw so that saw a patient and employee data exfiltrated from its systems. The exact method used to gain access to its servers has not been confirmed, although the cyber attack is believed to have started with a phishing email that was used to deliver malware. The malware was used to exfiltrate its entire database to an Amazon AWS storage account. Why is that important? Well, we're going to get to that. The attack occurred on March 16, 2021, and the investigation into the breach established that the attacker, an individual who appeared to be based in Ukraine, gained access to its Microsoft 365 environment, downloaded sensitive data, and uploaded the stolen data to two Amazon S3 storage buckets. Amazon was notified about the illegal activity, and it suspended access to the S3 buckets to stop the attacker accessing the stolen data. Salus Care requested access to the audit logs, which requires to continue to investigate the breach and determine exactly what data was stolen. Salus Care also wants to make sure that the suspension is permanent and will not be lifted by Amazon. The S3 buckets may have been used to store Salus Care data, but Amazon will not voluntarily provide copies of audit logs or a copy of the data stored in S3 buckets as they do not belong to Salus Care. The two S3 buckets are understood to include almost 86,000 files that were stolen in the attack. To get access to the audit logs and data, Salus Care filed a lawsuit in federal court seeking an injunction or an injunctive relief under the Florida's Computer Abuse and Recovery Act. Salus Care seeks a ruling that will compel Amazon to provide the audit logs and a copy of the content of the two S3 buckets. Salus Care also wants the courts to order Amazon to make the suspension of access permanent to prevent the attacker from accessing the data or copying the stolen information to another online storage service. Salus Care has also sued the individual behind the attacks, John Doe. The lawsuit argued that the data stolen in the attack and hosted by Amazon is extremely sensitive and could be used to commit identity theft, could be sold by the hacker on darknet marketplaces, or leaked to the public. The files contain extremely personal and sensitive records or patients, psychiatric and, and addiction counseling and treatment, explains Salus Care. It is in its petition to the U.S. District Court in Fort Myers. The files also contain sensitive financial information such as social security numbers and credit card numbers of Salus Care patients and employees. The lawsuit requests that after Amazon provides a copy of the data and audit logs to Salus Care, the S3 buckets should be purged to prevent any further unauthorized access. Amazon did not oppose any injunctive relief sought by Salus Care, and the news press reports that District Court Federal Judge or granted the request on March 25th. So it's an interesting case because there could be some fallout from that um, in the future. I'm not going to get into that now, but it is a very interesting case, and I, I'm curious to see where this goes. Uh, it sounds like Amazon is complying, um, 
but wanted to make sure that it w was done through the court system so that they're not the ones making the decisions is what, is what it sounds like to me. And that is going to do it for this edition of the Product of IT Cybersecurity Daily. Until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.